UMass lost a really tough one nothing hard-fought game against Lowell. We're going to talk about everything that happened in this game and kind of how this team is looking going towards the end of the season. and welcome to episode 74 of High Character. UMass headed up to Lowell to face little brother UMass Lowell in a one-off game this weekend, and they took a one nothing loss. Really tough outcome there. My name is Cameron, and I am joined today by my good friend Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? I'm doing all right. I've, I don't know, I've accepted our fate at this point. I'm, I'm numb. It hurts, but I don't know. Like part of me thinks we really can't even call them little brother anymore. Cause like they got their one cheap shot in and they just kind of ran away with it. <laughs> and like, like they, they, they basically sucker punched us, ran away to go tell mom about it. And then we can't get our other punch in. So it's like, we're kind of just boned, but it is what it is. I mean, it was a tough one, nothing game and uh, ready to talk about it as usual. Yeah. UMass, uh, you might've seen the stat. If you watch the game, uh, their past 10 meetings with Lowell, UMass was 8-0-2. So Lowell was winless in their last 10 meetings against UMass. So I guess it was bound to happen at some point. Um, definitely can call them little brother for that that stretch there. Um, I didn't I actually realize how dominant it was until I was reminded of the stats. Yeah. It was pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can just think – I mean, if we – you said that's what the past 10 games we've played against them, so that's yeah. roughly four or five seasons worth of games right there. I mean, that's crazy because I remember – I'm assuming the game that I'm about to refer to was probably our last loss to them. I think it was – or no, was that a win? I don't actually remember. I remember it was back in, like, 2017 we were there, and I think there was a whole – there was, like, a big, like, militia. Like, they bust everybody out to the game. There was a whole thing about it. And I remember it being 3-2, but I don't remember if we won or lost. We lost and that game. That, that that was a loss. So, yeah, that was probably the last loss that we had. In that. And then that was probably what started the win streak. So, yeah. it's crazy to think, like, just thinking that was, like, five, six years ago at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not crazy sure how things changed. I'm not that far back because we played them in the hockey's playoffs a couple times. So oh, so if it's counting that, then, yeah, that would make it a little bit more more recent. But, yeah, yeah so no, I mean, it's just – At least at least three times the last couple of years, three times this year, so – Definitely. And we always play them super close. I mean, like, I feel like we completely nailed the preview episode when it came, when it came to, you know, predicting a really tight, close game, because that's how it always is. It always like the scoreline that always really sticks out in my mind is three, two. It always seems like a lot of our games go three, two against them. So yeah. I wasn't really expecting that this time, just because I feel like Pav was a really, really, you know, he, he's kind of on his game as of recently. And same thing with, I think both of Lowell's goalies, they're both kind of really good when it comes to goals against. So yeah, I was kind of expecting a really defensive game, and that was exactly what we got. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, we'll we'll be able to go through this episode pretty quick. Um, only one. Not a lot game. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, only one game. Obviously, final score was one nothing. So, um, not a crazy amount to talk about. One game on the weekend. I guess we'll we'll jump right into it. So, going into the first, um, spoiler alert: there were no goals in the first <laughs> period. Shots were even, eleven aside, um, and it looked pretty even like watching it seemed like uh seemed like both teams were kind of just like um playing a little cautious like testing each other out no real crazy chances it's pretty even first period yeah I mean there was definitely I think a couple of looks I think Mercury had a pretty solid look in front of the net early on I think it was probably like four or five minutes in from what I can remember um 
both goalies were challenged, you know, quite a bit. I mean, obviously 11 shots apiece. There was a couple of decent chances, none that I can really remember riff off the top of my head, but I wouldn't call it a boring period by any stretch. You know what I mean? Like both teams were getting their looks and, you know, I was a little bit surprised by how many shots we were managed, you know, we managed to generate just because I think that was one of Lowell's strong points throughout the whole season. They average, I think somewhere in the mid twenties for shots against. So managing to get 11 in the first period, I mean, that puts you on pace to at least beat, you know, their, their season average, which is obviously a good look whenever possible. And, yeah, it was just an up and down game. You know, it's kind of tough to get any sort of crazy scoring chances, but both both teams were definitely, uh, you know, their goalies were doing really well. Yeah, they certainly were. Um, and they took that no score game into the locker room. Come out for the second um, tough situation. It seemed like uh, I believe it was Michael Cameron put a puck in the net. Um, goal ended up ended up getting called back for goalie interference, but that would have been a huge um, kind of good feeling to get on the board right out of the locker room that would have been really good for michael cameron too because he's he's been doing his thing recently you know what i mean i, th- I don't think his point streak is going you know at least for a couple of games now but he was on a five six game point streak or even a goal streak it might have been at one point so you know he was playing really well and he continues to play quite decently so that would have been i think really really solid to hopefully get another point streak going but sadly it wasn't to be yeah it wasn't and uh just a few minutes later um, Lowell taking advantage of that second chance there. They get uh, just they get the puck back off just a really bad turnover from Kenny Connors. The the broadcast booth for this game nailed it. Um, UMass kind of a big bugaboo this season is unforced errors and unforced turnovers. It's exactly what Connors did. Put it right on Dylan Bentley's stick and he sniped one home to make it one nothing in the lone goal of the game. Yeah, I mean, the goal says unassisted, but I feel like you really can't say that because Connors, unfortunately, kind of put it on a plate for him. I mean, obviously, it wasn't intentional. I think he was trying to just chip the puck towards the middle to get it to Tyson Dick, and it was kind of, like, behind Dick. He couldn't really, like, spin around in time to get to it, so super unfortunate. I mean, it was a really clean shot, too. You know, bar down. It Obviously, you're definitely not blaming Pav on that for, for, you know, there's no way in hell you can put that on him. I mean, Really, really solid shot on a chance that really shouldn't have even been there. You know, one-on-one with the goalie like that in the mid-slot, it's a tough look overall. But, yeah, I think it just really stings because that was – I mean, I don't want to say that that was the only chance that they got because I think they ended the game with, like, what, 37, 38 shots on us. So, I mean, I mean, just the fact that – I mean, Pav was damn near perfect and we just couldn't give him any help really sucked. You know what I mean? Like, that's a tough goal to give away, but – yeah, as we'll talk about through the next couple of periods. I mean, we had some chances and we were just getting stuffed the whole time by, what is it, uh, Gustav's, Davis, Griggles. Yeah, screw him, man. I, he's been getting me angry recently. But, uh, yeah, just really, really, really unfortunate. Yeah, and uh, this period was pretty even, too, honestly. UMass had 11 shots. Uh, Lowell had 13 shots. They take that one nothing game into the locker room, and third period was kind of a different story. Lowell kind of asserting their will a bit more. Um, they doubled UMass in shots in the third period. And like you said, I, I think this would be a good opportunity to talk about just how good uh, Gustav's Davis Griggles really was because he was standing on his head at points in this game and it kept lulling it and ended up getting them the win. Yeah, I think it was sometime in the late second period. I mean, he had a sequence where there was like three or four rebound chances that we just tried to put past him. And his, I think it was his left pad that was basically meeting them the whole way, which was just absolutely insane. I mean, we were having chances. I think it was at the end of the second period. It was Matt Koopman who was kind of skating in with like five seconds left. He tried to put a backhand almost bar down, but ended up going bar out, like basically the end of the period. And at that point, like that's kind of when I was thinking like that that's a real backbreaker. You know what I mean? Like we really, 
like we've had some chances and then, you know, goalie's just standing on his head. And finally, the one time that we can get the puck past him, it was just a little too high. You know, it's just really, really unfortunate. So, yeah, I mean, Griggles was doing his thing. Really hate to say it, but I mean, it, it was a classic goalie battle. You know what I mean? It was just another one of those 50-50 type games. And it, it really sucks because it seems like we've been on the losing end of those 50-50 games a lot. You know, like we just don't really have that X factor to just really, you know, win us games. Like I'm not trying to blame anybody in specific, like in particular, but it's like we don't have that Bobby type player. You know, it, it's really tough to get a Bobby type player. Obviously, we've been, we've been spoiled to have that sort of, you know, offensive prowess on our team game in and game out. But we just we don't have that guy this year. You know, like we have a bunch, we have a team that will keep us in tight games a lot, but we can't just seem to kind of put in the dagger and really finish a team off, which just it really hurts to see, you know, it does. And, and one other thing that kind of hurts me to see as well, it's seem kind of hasn't been apparent through the beginning of the season, but I feel like it is becoming apparent now. Um, I know this team, there's a lot of freshmen. Um, and right now, especially they're kind of shorthanded. No um, Lebster, no faith in this game. Um, Bollinger was out for a while. Har was out for a little bit, but like it's kind of been a theme this whole season, this team, like kind of loses its legs in the third. Yeah. Uh, it really like is becoming apparent to me as a trend. Um, if you look at third period stats this season, they're not good, especially in the shot column. They got heavily outshot in the third. This one, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a question of conditioning or, or something or like the age of this team or something like that, but it, it has definitely been a problem in my eyes. I think it has to be just an inexperienced thing. Like they're, they're a young team. Everything about this team, like you just think of the word young when you look at it, like coaching staff, pretty damn young in the grand scheme of things. Like, two of our coaches almost brand new to the game. Like they're like 25 and 26 respectfully or respectively our team. We have a couple of seniors on our team, a couple of which have been injured sporadically throughout the season. You know what I mean? Like most of our really, really high level playmakers and goal scorers that are going to essentially win you games are freshmen. You know what I mean? Like our defensive core has zero seniors in it. Like I just think like, just from a like a mental maturity thing and I guess a you know a physical maturity type thing time's not really on our side you know like those types of things are gonna come with more experience and more maturation as you know the team gets better and grows older but we're, we're just not there yet you know what I mean like there it seems like most years we have two or three guys that just kind of get it you know what I mean and though like those qualities kind of trickle down to the rest of the team through leadership and all this other stuff and I think it all kind of stems back to what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks like the the seniors on this team have been underperforming and underwhelming you know what I mean and I think a lot of it does stem from that which is really unfortunate yeah it really does uh yeah I guess that was pretty quick but that's about it for the game you want to jump into our awards yeah, I mean, really not much else to talk about with the game. It was just a really, really kind of not a lot to talk about. You know, it, I wouldn't really say it was uneventful, but a lot of the events were kind of minor in the grand scheme of things. So they didn't really lead to goals or anything crazy like that. There was, I think, two penalties apiece. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into the awards. The first one we'd like to give out is CCC Carvel's Character and Compete Award. Kind of our player of the game, and I feel like we got to give it to none other than Luke Pavicic. I mean, he really stood out. The one goal against, uh, he, he got burned by his his team in front of him. Um, really stood in his head at times in this game. Uh, one time, I believe it was in the third, just a um, a cross crease like 
sliding his pad over to cover the open slot, like impressive save. Um, and he had a bunch of them on the night. So uh, really easy for us to single out him as kind of the player of the game in this one. I mean, you really, if we call this game a goalie battle, right. And the other goalie pitches a shutout. If the game's one, nothing, your, your team's best player has to be the goalie. You know what I mean? The game wouldn't have been even remotely close without him. And you can't expect your goalie to pitch a shutout every night in order to at least tie a game. You know what I mean? Like the offense got to do their part too and help out the goalie. And I mean, they tried their best, but I mean, the other goalie just kind of came out on top, unfortunately, but yeah, I, you can basically put absolutely no blame on Pat for this game. He's been lights out the past couple of games that he's played. You know what I mean? I feel like if you put a, you know, an NCAA average goalie in there, we would probably give up five to six goals in, you know, this game and the last game. Simple as that. You know what I mean? Like he's just been, he's been making really, really solid saves. He's been a very calming presence in the net. And yeah, I don't really trust anybody else with the net at this point other than him. Yeah. He's really given me some confidence going into the future with his, uh, his ability definitely of late. Certainly. All right. The next award we like to give out is good try UMass. Somebody we'd like to see improve for the next game. It's kind of tough. You score no goals. You only give up one to, to single somebody out. But there is one glaring stat uh, on the stat sheet for this game that we just have to talk about. Um, for the four guys, the four centers that took a majority of the faceoffs as a team, they were 19 wins, 43 losses for a team that over the years has prided itself on being good at faceoffs. So the good try has to go to all the centers for this game. Connors, Mercury, Sullivan, and Nodler, they just – they didn't show up and it and it had a big effect on the game. Lowell controlled a lot of the possession. Um, and it was because of losing faceoffs pretty consistently. And that's kind of the crazy thing to me is like how hot and cold this team can be game in, game out when it comes to the faceoff dot. Like we've had games where Mercury or Connors or you know, Faith or somebody like that, they'll one night put up, you know, two for ten in the faceoff dot, and then the next game they'll be eight for eleven. It's like what is going on here? Like maybe I just don't understand face-offs and there's some weird like hockey gods dynamic that just nobody knows about. And it's just a complete 50, 50 randomizer every time, but it's just, it's always super, super just random. Basically how, how, you know, one guy can be amazing one night and bad another night. It might have to do with, you know, face-off matchups or whatever, like certain styles. And it could be like a chess game. I have absolutely no idea. You know what I mean? But it's just always super weird, like just looking at the pure stats of it all, how sometimes people can be amazing one night and terrible the other. And tonight was just simply everybody was off that night. You know, it's just really, really weird to see. And it better not be a common theme because it's going to be a long rest of the season if that is the case. Yeah, absolutely. And just the numbers are tough. I mean, Mercury was five wins, 17 losses. It's, it's not going get to get the job done. A hundred percent. It just really sucks to see. Yeah. Um, hoping for uh, a change in that stat going forward if we're if we're trying to win some games against lower tier hockey East opponents. Um, all right, let's move on to our custom awards. What, what custom award would you like to give out today? All right, I don't even have a name. I'm going off the top of my head for this one. Um, I'm gonna, you know, we'll call it the the like the Powerade Energy Award or something like that. I don't know. Throwing out random sponsorships, hoping that something will stick at some point. Um, <laughs> I'm giving it to Ryan Lautenbach that he's, he's been that, that guy recently, you know what I mean? Just, I, I made a post about it on my Twitter during the game. I really just have not, I re- can't think of a time where I've been upset with his, you know, amount of energy that he gives. Like there have been moments where I'm definitely upset with, 
you know, maybe he misses a, you know, a shot or something like that. Like offensively, he might screw up, but I don't think I've ever had an issue with his work ethic and just the amount of energy that he puts into a game. Anytime he steps out on the ice, he is going to finish checks every single time throwing the body. He's going to, you know, back check really hard, skate really hard. He just plays the game quote unquote, the right way. I don't, I don't want to sound like, you know, an old school hockey boomer or something like that, but it's the reality of it. You know, he, he just really is one of those just work really hard, give 110% every time out there. And I, I definitely don't think it goes unnoticed because everybody online was agreeing with me when I put it up there. It's, it's not something that, you know, people are going to take lightly. You know, he, I don't ever see him getting benched. You know what I mean? Like there, there have been times out there where I'll see guys slacking and, you know, not giving it their all, at least in my opinion, for how it looks like on the ice. And I think that they should be, you know, disciplined for it, you know, accordingly. Never don't, I don't think I'll ever have to say it for Ryan. And I don't think I have ever for Ryan so far. So I'm hoping that that level of energy will continue because he's going to just keep improving. Cause if he's putting out that sort of effort out there on game night, you know, damn well, he's putting in that sort of effort in the practice rank as well. So he's just going to keep improving and keep getting better. Super happy about it. Yeah, he plays like a chicken with his head cut off is what we've Always. been for the last two years. So uh, good on him. Love watching him play the last couple of seasons. 100%. All right. In my custom award, I am going to give the UMass Almost Runs on Duncan Award. Um, this one's going to Matt Koopman. Late in the second period, I believe, he, he had a chance with about three seconds left um, skating the puck into Lowell's zone up the wing. Ton of speed, and he flipped the puck backhand that went off the crossbar um, would have, would have tied the game for UMass uh, ultimately would have been like the goal that got the game to overtime. Um, if it was just a, a fraction of an inch lower than that, but it wasn't meant to be, obviously, if you listen to us, you know, Koopman um, in his connection with Duncan. So that's kind of where that little pun comes from, but yeah, he almost, he almost willed UMass to, to overtime in this game. Yeah. I mean, that would have been huge, obviously. I mean, he, he was another player that was kind of doing his thing that night. You know, again, really big energy guy. You know, I, he did exactly what I expected UMass to do to try and generate some offense, which is a lot of speed in the offensive zone, just trying to get in on the rush and make plays happen. And that was exactly what he did. You know, there's a lot of speed on that play. He just went around his guy, tried to flip the backhand on net. If that, if that puck was genuinely an inch lower, we would have had a tie game. We would, we could be having a completely different podcast episode right now. He might be getting a CCC award. You know what I mean? But that's, that's the reality with hockey. It's what do they call it? Like a game of, you know, really thin margins or whatever. Game it's just inches. exactly game of inches. So, I mean, that's the way it's going to be. And, you know, obviously we wish things could have turned out differently, but that's, that's how that play went down. So that's why it was the almost runs on a uh, runs on Koopman, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, and that's, just kind of the how we're feeling about the rest of the season at this point. I just took a look at the Hockey East rankings, and it is the standings. It is brutal. I know we talked the last recap episode about what UMass can do to possibly get themselves in, in a good spot for a home game in the Hockey East playoffs, uh, and it's it's flipped on its head. It's not looking good. UMass is in 10th place right now, 3-11-1 in conference with 12 points. Um, UNH is in last place, and they're only three points behind UMass, so – um, they get a win on a, on a given night and UMass loses, then UNH is tied with UMass for, for last place in the conference. So it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I know this team is young and a lot of new players and stuff like that, but to see the, 
the fall from grace like that is, I mean, I mean, we're kind of numb to it at this point in the season, just seeing the results, but it's take a step back. It's, it's kind of wild. Yeah. I mean, part of me just wants to think that we're just super unlucky because it's like, I'm seeing other teams around us right now, like Maine, I'm pretty sure they just had a sweep. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure Vermont might've just had a sweep too, or they took at least one game. So, I mean, the teams around us that are kind of in the, in the bottom of the barrel category right now, they're stealing games and we're just coming up just short almost every time. And, you know, if you, if you want to believe in like hockey karma or whatever, you got to figure that the, it's going to swing back our direction at some point and we're going to be able to string together some wins. You would hope, you know what I mean? Like we can't, we can't do this forever. You know what I mean? But it's like, I'm starting to think, you know, later on towards the season, you know, like towards the season's end, like we're going to be playing, I think Vermont and Maine. And those are the two teams that I just mentioned swept. I'm pretty sure ranked opponents in both games. I think one of them was against Providence. The other one was against, I don't remember at all, but they, I think it was another, you know, upper, upper tier team. Might've been like Northeastern or something, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping we can at least get results against them at the bare minimum, but I feel like there's absolutely no guarantees going forward. That's just the type of season that it is for us. So I, I want to be forward thinking and hope for the best, but things are simply not looking good in regards to, you know, just hockey East standings in general. Like I know it doesn't mean, you know, everything just because everybody makes the playoffs, but I want to at least get home ice. You know what I mean? I don't want my, my time at Mullins to end early. I'm trying to get the most out of my season ticket as I can. You know what I mean? So super, you know, it's just, it is, I don't know how many more it is what it is. I got left in me, but I'm saying it too often now. So I just, I hope we can pick things up soon, man. It's just, it hurts. I hate this as a UMass fan. I'm passionate. Ah. Yeah, I don't want to say it's us being unlucky. I mean, puck luck is part of the game. I think puck luck kind of helped us in the beginning of the season, might not be helping us now, but like when you give up 40 shots a night, it's not a recipe for success. You're not going to win many games that way. So um, that needs to change first and foremost. Um, Hopefully, have a lot of talent coming in in the next couple of years, which will help um, hopefully with that, the conditioning problem that I mentioned as well, but um, it's just clearly not UMass's year and not, not something we've been used to over the last five or six. So it's a little tough right now. We, we've been spoiled, you know yeah. what I mean? And you know, we, we have been spoiled. We've had genuinely one of the best players to play in the NHL right now on our team. You know what I mean? Like in kale, We've had a lot of really, really good NHLers come through our ranks, like Ferraro. You know, I think Zach Jones is in the AHL All-Star game right now. He's kind of an AHL, NHL tweener. We have a lot of really, really, you know, solid guys that are going to come in. And I that's not to say that the guys that we have on our team right now that are current, you know, draft picks, they're not going to reach those levels. You know, like I think Cole O'Hara, you know, even Ufko and, and Morrow, they could have very, very solid careers going forward. You know, there's a lot of talent on this team currently. They're just not there yet. You know what I mean? Simple as that. They, they have all the potential in the world. You know, a lot of these guys are still freshmen. You know, again, we're still a young team. I don't want to, you know, completely cope and just think guys is going to get better. We can just blindly think it's going to get better. But I mean, I feel like this season just, we were due for, you know, some retooling and rebuilding at some point. And, and I just, we, we genuinely were spoiled by the start of the season. You know, we, we came in, you know, in all the preview episodes and the preseason episodes thinking, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. You know, goalie's a big question mark. You, you can say that again with what happened this season. We had Henry Graham playing six games. You know what I mean? So it's not like that was a completely, you know, off the wall thought to have, you know, we knew that we had a really, really young defensive core and we didn't know what they were going to bring to us. 
That's exactly where we're at right now. You know, they have not been as stellar as we wanted them to be. Same thing with our forwards. We had no idea where the goals were going to come from this year. And me and you were both banking on Cal Keefe. You could read Lebster to do it. Who's in the top two right now? Scott Morrow and freaking Kenny Connors. Well, we had no idea what the hell Kenny Connors was going to bring. So it just goes to show you that, you know, you can make all the predictions that you want. You know, we were slated to be, what, the second best team in Hockey East in all the preseason polls. We're nowhere near that right now. That's why it's all speculation. And that's kind of what makes the season fun to see kind of how things shake out. It's just, I wish we could have a couple more, you know, numbers in the W column to see that happen. But again, it is what it is, you know. It is what it is. Uh, we'll we'll start getting some answers, and uh, we'll have a lot of time to pick apart this season and the offseason and stuff. But mm-hmm. for now, um, schedule lightens up a little bit. The next game will be against Providence on the road, which uh, isn't an easy light. task. But uh, after that, uh, Maine, Vermont, kind of schedule's right in front of you. The, the people that you need to pass in the standings to, to at least climb a couple rungs in the ladder. So um, we'll see how it goes. We, we certainly will. I mean, like I said before in the other episode, who knows? We might play Maine away, and then we could stay an extra week in, in Maine, and we can, we can see all four of those games shake out. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, there's still a revolving door of all the different possibilities that could happen, so there's no sense in speculating too early. But uh, just hoping that we can string together some wins to, you know, make the season a little bit better, you know? Yeah, give us something is what we're asking for. All right, our, our next episode uh... – for the midweek episode, it'll be a little something different, something special. So uh, I'm not going to give too much away. Be sure to check out our socials and tune in for that. But um, other than that, thank you guys for listening to this shorter game recap episode. And go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. And if you're still listening to us, thanks for sticking around. It means the world to us.